0: I don't wanna be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Really at every angle I ain't worried about the oddity see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves, if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me. Stronger than I ever been, never break, never been. God first, family second, money is like next to So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, God, and shoot. Kevlar mindset, lifestyle, bulletproof, bulletproof. Built tougher than your average, ultimate hustler. I'm the total package. I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat, bulletproof, built tougher than your average, ultimate hustler, I'm the total package, bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope, I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat, bulletproof. What's up everybody, you're on the Bulletproof Mafia and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode, family equity. So I have the same format that I follow whenever I start these podcasts and it's it's something like, what's up, everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia, and I'm Michael Munsterman. And then here's the, whenever I say this, what I'm saying is, and so every single time I'm like, I should start with something different than, whenever I say family equity, what I really mean is, because it's exactly what I mean. Anyway, I'm, I'm tangenting. You just got on here. You want to hear some information you want me to share with you. And so that's what I'm going to do. Family equity is one of the foundation principles of how I think that men need to operate. Women as well, but I hold men to a higher standard because I feel like they should be held to a higher standard. They are they have the ability to be the foundation of which the family's built on. And family translated into familia, translated into the whole mafia conversation, right? And I've had I've had podcasts before where I talk about the bulletproof mafia is built around a couple different things. One, I want you as a listener of this podcast to be bulletproofed. I want you to be able to go out into the world and be your best version, but also the mafia element. Mafia is simple. Mafia is loyalty. And, what, and does mafia mean loyalty? No. And I'm not going to have a pissing contest with you about, it, but that's what it means in relation to the bulletproof mafia. It's basically just my way of saying, look, I want you to be the best version of yourself and I want you to operate like if you step out of lines, you're taking somebody's life or you're getting your life taken. Like that's the thing in the mafia, right? Whenever you screw up bad enough, you get, uh, you go for a ride, You either a ride out into the countryside or ride out onto a boat. You just know that given the right place, right time, you might be taken for a ride. And so whenever you're operating inside of your mafia, how do you operate? And that's what this podcast is about. This podcast is about just an element based off of a conversation I had in the last week or so that I thought, man, this is really something that I'm super passionate about. And that's family. So when I'm talking about family equity, I'm talking about the value of the relationships you have in your family. You see, because some people think that they've just got a family and in that family, they have everything that they need. Well, there's a mom and there's a dad and there's some kids. Or there's a mom and a mom and some kids, or a dad and a dad and some kids, whatever you're into. That's not the point. The point is is that there's the parents and there's the children. And some people just stop right there. Dot the end. I've got my family. But they operate from a shitty standpoint. They operate like kids are a nuisance. Kids are to be seen and not heard. Or they coexist with their family. In other words, a husband gets up and he goes, goes to work, does his thing. And then he comes home and he's empty to his spouse. He doesn't, he doesn't ask her how her day was. He doesn't bring her flowers. He's 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 already got the family, so now he quits courting. He doesn't come in and and carry on conversation or eat dinner even sometimes at the same place. Some sometimes a wife who, even if she's a stay-at-home wife, doesn't have dinner, like it's not her job to make dinner, right? Like we're in the 21st century. I don't need to make dinner. Yeah, but you don't you don't work. Now, now flip that. It could it could be the other way, and I'm not going to do that. This whole thing. I'm just going to talk about my role in the way that we operate, and then I'm going to talk about some things that I think are big builders. So, a good good friend of mine and a great dude is having struggles with his 17 year old. And in conversation, he's like, "Look, I laid down the law. You he he went out and he bought a motorcycle. I didn't want him to buy a motorcycle. He didn't ask permission. He saved his own money. and He went and bought this motorcycle, and so." I, I didn't make him take it back, but I basically told him you have to do this and you have to do that and you can't do this and you can't do that. So in other words, like he starts rat- rattling off this list. You have to pay for your own insurance, not just your own motorcycle insurance, but your own health insurance, because that would just tank us as a family if you if you wrecked or you got hurt or whatever. And by the way, I, like you've got this other thing, you've, so I, I think maybe he's been vaping or juuling or whatever you call that nonsense that crystallizes your lungs, right? Like. So he's been doing that, and so the dad's like, and I'm going to have you tested for nicotine in your system, and if I have any signs that you're doing that. And like he had this list of things that he's holding his 17-year-old son accountable to if he wants to ride the motorcycle that he worked to save to get. And there was no, hey, high five, you got a motorcycle, let's go check it out. It was just, uh, this is bullshit, and this is my house, I didn't want you to have that, and you didn't ask permission, and yeah, okay. But this one conversation between me and my dude, right, gave me some insight into how he operates as a man. And I love this guy. But it gave me some insight into how he operates inside of his family. Let's let us deconstruct the conversation because in my head when I heard this, before I responded to him, I listened. I listened to the fruit. I listened to, like, the evidence of, of how he operates inside... And I know this guy a little bit, so I have some additional insights. But anyway, I know this guy. He flipped the fuck out when he found out that his boy bought the motorcycle. And I said to him, so how long was your conversation with your son? Well, I talked to him for over an hour. Okay, cool. So you talked to him for over an hour. Prior to that, when was the last time you had a conversation with your son? Well, I talked to him every day. Yeah, but when was the last time you talked to him for over an hour? Well, I mean, we talk all the time. Yeah, but come on. When was the last time that meaningfully you had a conversation with your son. And 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 just knowing the wheels turning and knowing what's happening and knowing what's not happening in the background, right? I can tell you that that's that that was a well needed question. You see, because. The conversation that he had with the son would have probably been 80% him talking and 20% the boy scrambling and then the boy backlashing and firing back at dad because he was pissed off that maybe all he wanted his dad to do was say, dude, let's go check out your new motorcycle. That's awesome. Good job saving that money. Now let's talk about some logistics about this endeavor while you're out and you hear him fired up and check it out and you, you smile, even if you're not happy, you smile and you live. And some of you parents are like, no, fuck that. If I told my kid that if my kid came in with a motorcycle and X, Y, Z, this is how I would roll, you're right. But I promise you that the way that you're operating isn't necessarily the way that's going to get you the most fruit. And so I'm going to back up. like I'm going to leave that story sitting there and we'll come back to it because I want to tell you what I suggested to that guy. But I just want to, I want to share with you how I've kind of approached parenting and life so far. And I've got, for those of you who don't know, I've got a, a 26-year-old daughter who's married and she's married to an awesome dude and, and he's, he's 26, 27 years old as well. And then I've got uh, an 18 year old daughter who turns 19 here in, in a few short months. And I can tell you that if you pulled my daughters aside and said, who are your best friends, that myself and my wife would be top in that list. And for my youngest daughter, we'd be very first. And hopefully if I did my job correctly, my oldest daughter, we would be second and third or somewhere close to because her husband should be first. But inside of, inside of that, how did we get there? We didn't just wake up one day and, or, or we, we weren't just lucky that our kids loved us and loved spending time with us, but we made deposits every single day, non-negotiable deposits. And some people like we have definitely been dubbed the thumbs on parents. Like, we keep a thumb on our kids. We know where they're going. We know what they're doing. We know when they'll be home. We track them on their phones. Even today, I, there's we've got our oldest daughter who's married, and I'm tracking where she is on on my phone. My youngest daughter, she's at college, freshman year at college, and same thing. And I, and I don't just check, okay, where are you? Because I want to know where you are because I'm nosy. I check, where are you? Because you were supposed to be home 10 minutes ago, and I haven't heard from you, and I'm concerned. Or... Hey, I know you were somewhere that you were a little bit nervous about being. And so I'm just checking to see if you're still there. And then I fire off a text Hey, everything cool? You having a good time? What's going on? And you see, I stopped taking parenting as this thing where my kids are under a bowl that I'm holding down. Instead, I turn the bowl over and, I, and they're resting inside of it. They're, they're looking up into my eyes, knowing that I'm there as, as a, in the background as a protector, as a provider, as a guardian. As their soldier in this household, I'm the godfather and I don't mean that to sound the way that you could take it. What I mean that is, is that the result inside of my family unit is my fault. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that has to lead my family spiritually. I'm the guy that has to lead my family financially. I'm the guy that has to lead my family emotionally. Now, look, I live in a house full of girls. So you can't talk to me about your emotional, like the emotional IQ and equity inside of your home being much different than mine. Like you're not gonna convince me that you somehow have it harder than I do. Like three girls under one roof will definitely test your ability to maintain emotional IQ. But that's my responsibility, my responsibility is to invest in them as a family and then to invest in them individually to build a relationship every single day i'm making a deposit every single day i'm adding to their the value of their lives i'm listening to what they have going on i'm responding i'm exchanging with them if i could be an 18 year old in your shoes dealing with what you're dealing with here's how i would here's how i would use my experiential knowledge to combat or navigate that situation. And lots of times I give advice that they're, they're not capable of taking. Like there have been times I've told my very soft, very gentle youngest daughter. I think you should punch that girl right in the mouth. Walk into school. Ask her a very direct question. When she lashes out at you and she's mean and belligerent and nasty. You should punch her. I, I'm, I'm even okay if you on purpose or on accident I'm making quote marks if you're just listening if you miss her chin and hit her in the throat like that that will get her attention now she's never went to school and punched anybody but what I'm what I'm demonstrating to her is that look that situation there's a hard line and this girl keeps crossing a hard line and you can't let her cross a hard line because you're her whipping post and that's not acceptable and I was a shit-faced little kid I was mean to kids but the truth is I was just hurt and there were situations where I navigated as the bully and then there were situations where I navigated as the one being bullied. There were, and and I, di- I didn't have a space where I could go home and I could talk to somebody and they would listen. I just had to figure it out. And that's where that experiential knowledge piece comes in. And so as as my children, and a lot of my childhood, got me, where, got me here where I am because I had to learn how to navigate so many different things solo. And you as a parent listening to this, your children don't have to do that. You're listening to a podcast, so it tells me a lot about you. It tells me that you're interested in bettering your life. It tells me that you're interested in being a better human being. It tells me that you don't stand for like status quo. Or it tells me that you just find this more entertaining than radio. But more than likely, if you picked my podcast and you're still here, episode 95, it's probably because you want to be a better version of yourself. You want to make a little bit more money and you want to have a better, happier, healthier emotional IQ in your life. But your children, your children don't know that a podcast can change them. They don't know that a book can change them. They don't know that navigating critical conversations and being, you know, and using what I like to call strategic seduction or framing conversations or or all these other tools that I talk about here in the bulletproof mafia, they don't know how to do that. But how can you talk to them? How can you help them understand how to navigate if you don't ever fucking listen? You can't. How do you even know what's going on? You set some hard lines and some hard bounds, and when they get crossed, you get pissed off. Well, I found out that my kid's smoking. We don't smoke. He can't smoke. Really? Well, when did he start? When were you so disconnected with him that he didn't feel just brutally guilty about lighting that cigarette? Because I can tell you as a parent who's plugged in is that I invest so much In My children that if they make a decision to cross a line, they're making a decision not only to hurt themselves, but they're also crushing their best friends because look, we're super transparent. Here's what we expect. Here's what we think you should do. Here's what we think you shouldn't do. Wow, that's a situation. Do you recognize that as as a slippery slope? Sure, I recognize everybody's at the party and everybody's drinking, everybody's having a good time and it's, it's 99 times out of 100 harmless and nothing goes south and nothing goes wrong, but you get conditioned in that environment that drinking's not as bad as what it could be. And me as the parent who's saying, hey, I'd rather you just wait. It's not that it, like, look, if I'm having a glass of wine when my daughter is 15 years old, I'm having a glass of wine. I say, look, do you want to taste this? And she would taste it. It's not that I'm trying to hide alcohol. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not the guy that says, I don't want you to go out and drink. And then I sit home and, and throw back scotches. That's not it. Like, I'll have a drink in front of my children. I'm not a hypocrite. But I do teach them that, look, there's a line. And whenever they're out in that environment and they have an opportunity to make a decision, I've already prepped them. My younger daughter knows that if I walk into an environment where I know people are going to be drinking, that I carry a bottle of water. I carry a bottle of water whether I want one or not. Why? Because nobody tries to hand you a drink if you already have a drink. And I have a bottle of water because it has a lid on it, which I always keep in my hands or in my purse, but never out on a countertop. Like that's simple stuff, but you as the parent who's not even connected to where your kids are, in fact, you're kind of relieved because you've had 16, 17 years of this shit, and it's kind of nice to have the house home to yourself with your wife while the kid's out having fun. But what does it take for you to step in and get plugged in? And what does it take for you to make a deposit in them? You can, tra- like, you can take this conversation, we can unplug it. Like, I could get off my little soapbox here. we can stop talking about our kids and switch over to our spouse. Like look, the loyalty that your spouse has to you is directly in relation to the amount of emotional investment and connection that they have to you. Your spouse will not cheat on you if you're investing in them every day. Your spouse won't even consider it. What they'll do is they'll look at you as their source to fill that gap. You can't. Expect your husband to go to work. Even if you go to work too, you can't expect for him to go to work and then walk home and be talked down to or be degraded or be questioned on every freaking decision he makes or bitch about the toilet paper rolls or bitch about sh- you know, clothes on the floor, shoes by the door, shit that doesn't even matter. 30 days from that day, you couldn't tell him what it was that he left on the floor. You just know it pisses you off right now and he needs to know about it. This was a conversation I used to have in my household. And then somebody spoke into my wife's life and said, when are you going to be his wife and not his mother? And look, here's what's interesting. When I stopped getting bitched at about leaving my stuff on the floor, I started picking it up. Because I would come around to my side of the bed and instead of getting bitched at for it, It would just be gone and then I would feel convicted man I know I left my clothes here Uh, and she'd empty my pocket she put it here on the nightstand next to my bed and that made me that made me want to connect tighter to her to walk out into a room and just randomly she thinks it's random I give her a hug now, all of a sudden, like, it's a double-edged, like, she took that first step. She's like, I'm not going to complain at him. I know he, he's working hard. Like, he was tired last night. I remember that he fixed a couple things around the house that he really didn't have to do after work, and yeah, he left his pants on the floor, but I'm going to go on ahead and throw him in the hamper for him. And now, she's not even thinking about that, but I'm thinking about that, and I walk out and give her a hug. Like, look at the, look at the deposits that are happening back and forth inside of this family, inside of this investment. So that then later, when there is a conversation, and as a couple, or as parents to your children, there is no way to coexist under one roof without disagreements. It's impossible. And it all boils down to one question. How many deposits have you made when it's time for a withdrawal? Because emotionally, you hurt people's feelings when you disagree with them. Emotionally, you hurt their feelings if you trump them. And sometimes in in marriage, that happens. Sometimes one spouse says we're not going to do something and one spouse says we are and there's going to be a winner. Sometimes someone convinces the other one that, hey, this is really what we should do. And it's not in that conversation. It could take weeks or months, but You don't get to convince anybody shit if you haven't been depositing. And typically, whenever you're hitting heads and there's this fight, this ongoing fight, like my buddy and the kid and the motorcycle, and it's just like bang, bang, bang. The question isn't, why the hell did he go buy a motorcycle? The question isn't, why why is my dad being such a dickhead about the motorcycle? The question is, why haven't we invested in each other enough that this can be a much easier, smoother conversation? And so I said to my buddy, I said, look, you're talking about this kid like he's coming off the rails. You need to be the man. He's still a boy. You need to be the man. You need to take the first step. You need to, to grab him and put him in an environment where he feels safe and spend time with him and show him that you love him. You need to talk to him and listen to him and find out what's going on in that confused little head of his and why he's coming off the rails. And it's not going to happen in one conversation. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to actually dig in and spend time with this kid and figure out where he is and deposit in it and love him where he is because you've let him get far enough away from you that you're not where he is right now. All you're doing is dictating and bitching about where he is. You think you can call him back to the line that you should have never let him stray from. And so now it's time for you to get your ass off the path, get to him and bring him back gradually. This isn't hard, but it's necessary. You have got to evaluate the way that you do family. Well, Michael, this is the Bulletproof Mafia. I listen to this podcast because I want to know about business, and that's fair. But let me tell you something. You cannot build, scale, grow. You can't create empires. You can't create passive income. You can't do shit when your family is in disarray. And when you're combating with your children, your spouse is uncomfortable. When your spouse is uncomfortable, your sex life isn't what it could be. When, everything, when, every, when anything's off, everything's off. You don't get to exist with one of your kids that they're, and, and in your mind, they're a little shithead, and you just expect your wife to want to hop in bed with you and just like, pretend like everything's okay. Like, it doesn't work that way. You don't get to blow up and melt their faces off and then expect everything else to follow. And then you go to work and you're distracted and you're still pissed off and you've been drained. And what's crazy is you're emotionally drained, but you're the guy or girl that needs to go home and make the emotional deposits. Like Chris Rock does his skit and it's pretty funny. He's like, like I've I've never had my wife come in the house and say, hey, Chris, thanks for knocking out the rent this week. But really, was that so bad? Like, coming home and, and, and your wife's got, like, like and I would like I, don't, I feel like you should be active enough as men. Again, whatever. Don't listen if you don't like it. I feel like as men, you should date your wife. You should pursue your wife. Your wife should be such a high priority that, like, she just knows that she knows that she knows that she's inside of the family. And she's inside of that, that familia. She's in the mafia. She's, she's, your, she's your girl. But, but wife, to the women who are listening to this. You feel like he's distracted. You feel like he's not there. And you feel like he should X and he should Y and he should Z. But why not this? Why not when he rolls in one night, say, hey, I made us reservations. I've set out a jacket for you. Go grab it. I'm ready. Like, Get beautiful. Do your thing. However you want to do that. Let's go to dinner. Just hang out. I'll tell you a secret. There's not a man in the world that will say no to that. The same as you wouldn't. If he, if he was at home waiting for you and sometimes it just requires that we take the first step, but I'm telling you, if you can get your house, if you recognize that every relationship you have under your roof requires a deposit because withdrawals happen, life in your home gets easier and nothing is sadder to me than watching a family crumble because people can't figure that out. This isn't a big figure. Like This is a simple process. Then that's what I mean when I say family equity. Savvy.